Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back. This is The Detroiter. We're sponsored by The Second String, thesecondstring.com. And that's all. That's all. No longer sponsored by Detroit Sports Nation. I'm going to be working with them in a little bit of a different way, more like contracting it out. So they'll make a show. I'll go on the show. I'll host the show. But The Detroiter, that's all me now. It's all me all the time. The Second String, thesecondstring.com. We're talking sports in the Motor City and the Mitten State. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. Let's get into it. Not a ton today. That's a tough way to start the show, isn't it? Isn't that a tough way to make content? You're, I'm a guy sitting here doing a podcast, putting this on YouTube, and within the first minute of the show, I give you a not really a whole lot going on. <laughs> but that's a tough sell. That's like me baking you a cake, and before you even take a bite, I'm like, kind of tastes like shit. Not great. That's not a great little lead into it by me, so I apologize. I'm sorry, but you know what? You know what I value more than clicks? You know what I value more than content and your attention and making sure you stay for the entire video or the entire podcast? I value truth, brother. I value honesty. I value human to human interaction. I value me never leading you astray. That's what I value because guess what? If I came on and said, we got a jam-packed show, we got the most topics I've ever had, this thing might go for two and a half hours. If I came out and I gave you that and that wasn't the case, because it isn't the case, what does that make me, guys? That makes me a liar. That makes me a scumbag. That makes me a piece of garbage. That makes me somebody now that you can't take my word for things. So when I give you that, hey, I finished that design, that Jamison Williams, Aiden Hutchinson, most gasoline Detroit Lions design that you've ever seen. I finished it and it's fire and it's going to come out on Friday. When I tell you that and I say, if you're a Lions fan, if you're a football fan, hell, if you're an art, a shirt, the color black, the color blue, the color silver, if you're a fan of pretty much any of that, if you're just a fan of one singular thing on this planet, you could be a fan of sidewalks. You could be a fan of flowers. You could be a fan of gas masks. I don't care what or who it is. If you're a fan of anything, you're going to love these shirts. If I'm telling you this episode's going to be jam-packed and it's not jam-packed, how the hell are you supposed to believe me when I tell you I created the greatest Detroit Lions t-shirt you've ever seen? How are you supposed to believe that when just a week earlier, not even a few days earlier, I lied about how jam-packed the show was going to be, right? So that's why I'm coming to you, honesty, arms wide open. I wear my heart and I wear my programming schedule on my sleeve. As you can see, there's nothing there because there is not a whole lot going on. But I just want you to know, it does make a little sense. I could see someone, comedian goes on stage, hey, not that funny, but I hope you guys enjoy. Terrible way to start. You open up a podcast, not that much to talk about. Terrible way to start. There's no doubt about it. But I'd rather have a slow week on the Detroiter. I'd rather have a slow content week, right? I'd rather not upsell the podcast and make sure everybody listens, all billion people listen for 40 straight minutes. I'd rather forfeit that to keep our relationship. I want you, when you wake up at night, you know that I'm the one that tucked you in. You know that I'm the, I came over, hey, buddy, hey, little Detroiter, little stringhead you, and I put the blanket over your shoulders when you fell asleep on the couch after a long day down at the beach. I want you to know that I'm the type of guy to do that for you, right? When you're feeling a little sick, you got, 
you're feeling a little sniffle. Old Nick Bradley, I'm going to be the one cooking up some homemade chicken noodle soup. I'm not going to go out to Panera and pawn that off as my own. I'm not a scumbag. I'm going to buy the celery. I'm going to buy the carrots. I'm going to buy the chicken broth. I'm going to buy the chicken. And I'm going to make you some homemade chicken noodle soup with oyster crackers because I care. Because I want us to be truthful to each other. Because I want me to have equity with you. So then when I tell you, oh, by the way, I started watching Winning Time this week and I can't help but create an absurdly fire Magic Johnson design. Something that I don't care if you're not a Lakers fan. I don't care if you're not a Michigan State fan. I don't care if you're not a basketball fan. You will still look at it and go, whoa, that thing is neat. That thing is neat. Forget Michelangelo's David. The only way that sculpture gets better is if you throw Nick Bradley's Magic Johnson t-shirt on there. That's what we're doing at the second string. I want to keep the social equity. I really do. So when I tell you there's not a whole lot going on this week, and it might be, to be honest, I don't know if it'll be the the shortest show of 2022. This is certainly going to be the shortest, least eventful show I've done since 2022 started. That I do know. Um, because let's run through it real quick. Let's run through it. What is going on? And the biggest thing, the thing I'm most fired up to talk about, the thing that I believe will get the most traction online and most of you guys probably will enjoy listening to the most, something that kind of happened last week. It had just already happened before I recorded. Last week was a huge Lions episode, obviously, um, coming off the draft. That's all, you know, I'm a Lions guy. First form before Michigan State, before anything, I'm a Lions guy. So coming off the draft, we get Aiden Hutchinson and Jamison Williams. Of course, I'm going to spend the entire episode last week talking Lions. We snuck in a little bit of Tigers. We snuck in a little bit of Red Wings talk. And we will again today. But last week was just pure, 100% unadulterated Detroit Lions football. Wouldn't have it any other way, to be honest with you. And the more I think about it, I think earlier rather than later in this offseason, we will start to dabble on Michigan football, Michigan State football. Obviously, the Lions hard knock starts in August. Um, July OTAs, hopefully some more free agency moves are made. We're going to start hearing things. So now that we're kind of already in the offseason, May, June, I'm starting to realize we might not be able to make it till July before I got to start ripping off Lions, Michigan State, Michigan football stuff. That's just the fact of the matter because I'll tell you this. The Detroit Tigers are the second worst team in baseball. The the Cincinnati Reds are pathetically bad, like mind-blowingly bad. Like they're going to go to the Hall of Fame for being dog shit levels of bad. And the Detroit Tigers are right behind them. Don't leave us behind, Cincinnati. You're going to the basement. We were feeling a little warm up here too. Let us come with you. Don't leave us behind. We want to dive headfirst into the well too, Cincinnati. I mean, it's pathetic what the Detroit Tigers have done this year. They're 9-20. and 20. Um, they're playing right now, actually, against the Oakland Athletics, losing 6-0 because what the fuck else would they be doing? Winning? Do you think the Tigers would be winning? <laughs> what kind of world? You think Santa Claus is going to walk through your front door with that pony you asked for when you were nine? Come on now. Come on. Of course they're losing. They're 9-20 and on the verge of 9-21. and I understand it's only 30 games. 30 of 162 off the top of my head. Like 14, 13% of the season, something like that not a huge fraction yeah there's sure sure enough time to to turn it around do i think they will no do i want to see if they will nope 
am I excited? Even if they do, uh, like wake me up if they hit the 500 mark, honest to God, that's how it's pathetic. And it's just, it's a built up. It's like a residual frustration with not only the Tigers, um, but really every team in the city, every rebuild in the city. I was texting my buddy today. Like, honestly, how, how do you, how do you have all four teams since what? 2015, every team in Detroit has been the worst team in their respective league aggregate for sure. The worst, maybe some year, one year, they were the third worst. The other year they were the second worst, whatever. They've been terrible the last seven, eight years. How are they all in the exact same spot they were in eight years ago, dude? How have none of them, like, I'm not asking for much. I'm not asking for a championship. I'm not asking to win playoff series. I'm not even asking to win one playoff series. I'm just asking, like, I don't know. They were maybe going to make the playoffs with a month left in the season. We haven't gotten there with one of the teams, and it's been seven, eight years now. How is it that all four of them can fail to that extent for that long? Like, I honestly don't understand. I know football's hard, baseball's hard, basketball's hard, hockey's hard. I get it. Rebuilds take time. They take patience. I get it. Seven or eight years, that feels like enough patience, again, not to really win anything, but to at least, I don't know, keep me interested for an entire season. Seven to eight years, that feels like an adequate period of time to get to the point where with a month left, it's like, oh, they may do something. They may make the playoffs. Not two months out. Oh, no, they're done. No, no, they're, they aren't winning fucking anything, dude. You had you you bought Red Wings playoff tickets? How, what'd you buy in the black market? 2013? How'd you buy them? That doesn't make sense. How, like seven or eight years and they're all in the same spot? The Red Wings got a little bit better, I guess. They were only the ninth worst team. Woo, let's throw a fucking parade. Yeah. Fell off at the end of the season. Looked like the worst team in the NHL by the end. The Detroit Tigers were the one team this year that was, hey, no, they'll compete. They might not win a playoff series. They might not even make the playoffs, but they'll be fun to watch this year. They'll float around 500. They'll compete. They'll win some games. They'll beat some good teams. They'll beat some teams they probably shouldn't beat. Oh, it'll be fun. They'll have playmakers. They'll have some guys that'll make you want to tune in, even if they are losing, even if they are struggling a little bit. It'll be fun. They'll do some stuff. <laughs> nope. That's horseshit. Also, just not the case. Not the case. Pistons. Oh, we got Cade. Worst team in the – but we we got rewarded. We tanked properly. We got the draft pick. Cade's going to change this franchise. He can pass. He can score. He can defend. He, he's a born leader. It's going to be great. Oh, oh, th oh, they're the second worst team in the NBA again? Oh, oh, okay. And granted, granted, did, I didn't expect Cade Cunningham to play one season in Detroit and take us to the promised land. No, but the Pistons have been irrelevant since what, 2009, 2010. They got a little bit of an, a leg up on the Tigers and the Red Wings and the Lions. I mean, for Christ's sake, Pistons, even the Lions, the Detroit Lions, who are synonymous with failure, who are synonymous with never seeing the light of day in the postseason, even the Detroit Lions have had, had some pretty good teams. They've been in the playoffs. They've been in games in the playoffs where they either should have won or had the chance to win 2011, 2013, 2015. Like, my God. Pistons, my God, 
So that's why today's going to be a short episode because you guys know me. If you followed me on the TikTok, if you follow me on the podcast, you've been listening, whether it's from a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, when I started all the way at the beginning, however long it's been, however long you've known me, I don't really like talking about the shitty parts of, of being a, a Detroit sports fan. It's like not fun. I mean, I, I was sitting on my couch before I podcasted today. I was munching on some almonds watching the Celtics Bucks game. Can you imagine having an NBA team in a real playoff series? <laughs> That's the funny thing too. The Pistons have been in two. They have. Yeah. Good for them. They've been in two playoff series. <laughs> I don't even know how you're legally allowed to call those serious playoff series. That Buck series, bro. <laughs> Giannis had a harder time sweeping up his fucking crumbs after he made dinner last night than he did with the Pistons that year. Was it 2019? <laughs> LeBron's Cavs. I remember Kentavious Caldwell Pope. It was the last year I think the Pistons were at the Palace. Game three, Pistons already down 2-0 naturally. KCP right before half throws one down. The Palace is going bananas. You would think they just won the NBA championship, get swept. And it's like, wait, LeBron's Cavs. Like we thought that was even worth LeBron getting out of bed, dude. <laughs> LeBron, you know what's fucked up? LeBron for that series, that Pistons Cavs. LeBron probably rolled out of bed those mornings and dialed up Adam Silver and was like, Adam, like, come on, bro. Come on, bro. I really, like, I really got to play these guys. I really got to show up. Like, I really got to fly all the way to Detroit just to kick their ass twice more. Like, come on, dog. It's 2-0. You saw what we did to them. It's the fucking Pistons. Look at their roster. Andre Drummond is their marquee guy. Like, Adam, spare me for the rest of the playoffs. Let me juice up the ratings later on. Let me save the knees for Golden State. It's pathetic that that legally counts as a playoff series. It's pathetic that the Bucs series legally is registered in NBA record books as the Pistons making the playoffs. It is. I don't like talking about it. I don't like talking about how the Tigers are underachieving to out of incredible levels, to impressive levels, to more impressive than someone who would get every single question wrong on the ACT levels. Like the, the Tigers are right now doing some Detroit Lions type shit where they can't do anything right. Not only can they not do anything right, like each team this year, the Red Wings during midseason, when they were still fun, they were still exciting, people were still excited to watch. The Red Wings have had a couple skids where they lost three, four, five games in a row. That happened to them a few times. Pistons, God knows they had some bad stretches. I mean, they only won 20 games. They had some bad stretches this year too. Lions, of course, they started the season at what, like 0-9, 0-10 last year? The Detroit, the Detroit Tigers right now, I haven't felt this negatively about a team in Detroit since I don't even know before Cade, like the season or two seasons before Cade was with the Pistons. And even then the Pistons, like you didn't expect anything from them anyway. So they were almost irrelevant. I wasn't getting fired up and angry over the Pistons being garbage because what was I going to do? Be complain that the Andre Drummond Pistons weren't winning playoff games. Like who the fuck? put the baby in the car and, and complain when he crashes. Like that's what that is. The Detroit Tigers had a little bit of expectation. The Detroit, Ti even the Red Wings this year, even the Red Wings this year, they didn't have crazy expectations. It wasn't, they should win a playoff series. It wasn't even, they should make the playoffs. The expectation was, I hope they're entertaining. I hope they're fun to watch. I hope they keep me interested for 82 or 81. And you know what else? 
I hope they're in it until the end. I hope there's a chance with two weeks left in the season that they can make the playoffs. Wasn't the case, but for 70, 75% of the season, the Red Wings were beating some good teams. The Red Wings were playing well 90% of the times they played. They were winning games, losing games. They were fun to watch, exciting young guys. Like the Red Wings, there were reasons. They ended up being the ninth worst team in the league, which is fucking bad, obviously. They didn't live up to what I had hoped, keep me interested, keep me engaged, keep it interesting as far as the standings go until the very end. They didn't live up to that either, but they at least brought a little something to the table. The Detroit Tigers this year, I mean, it is truly pathetic how much this team is underachieved. You go look at the team from last year and look at what they did. Nothing special. What they have, the third overall pick, and they took Jackson Job. Nothing special. You look at the team and the games that they won, even the games they lost, just the way they played. They scored runs. They had a little bit of timely hitting. There were a couple bats, Candelario, Jonathan Scope, Akil Badu, where it was like, all right, I don't know. They might do something. Like, I'll tune in when Scope's at the plate. They had a few guys. Mize, Scooble, Manning. Although the pitching has been good this year, I will say, the, the starters, the bullpen, they've all been good this year. They lose every game, three to fucking zero. You look at the lineup and the roster that the Tigers had last year and the way they played, and we did it. I've said this a thousand times. It feels like all through last season, you look at them and go, dude, if they add like two, three guys, I don't know. Tigers could be kind of sweet. You add Torkelson, you add Riley Green, who hasn't played, sure. You add a shortstop, Javi Baez. Didn't even consider a guy like Austin Meadows. They should be kind of good. Like They should at least be com- like competitive, fun to watch. Maybe around 500. Make the White Sox quake a little bit when they come to Detroit, at least to the left. Like, make sure the White Sox aren't getting fucked up the night before they play the Tigers. When the Minnesota Twins come to town, they're not at Legends till 2 a.m. before they got to play the next day. Like, at least get to that level, the, the baseline of respect where it's the opposing team comes into town and they go, Oh, we can't get shit faced tonight, guys. The Tigers, you know, the Tigers have hit that point. We can't get shit faced tonight. Well, at least get to that level? No. Tigers are going in the opposite direction. They're worse. They are worse. Get even more drunk. Do some hard drugs. Forget the booze. Do some hard drugs when you land in Detroit for a a three-game road trip. Do everything fucked up. Stay up till 10 in the morning. It doesn't matter because they won't score any runs. All you need is one guy on your team to feel like 60% and get a hold of one, and you guys are going to win the game one nothing. That's where the Tigers are at, and I don't like talking about it. I just don't. I don't think anybody, unless they're lying to you, which it's funny, like internet culture and doing the, the podcast where it's all takes and trying to make jokes and saying stupid shit. It's funny because so many people out there are like love to be negative, love to be like, this sucks. You stink. That would be better if you did this. Oh, that's not even funny. How do you follow that person? Whatever. They love to be negative. They love to talk shit. Oh, you like this? Let me tell you why you liking this is lame. Oh, you like that? That thing sucks. It's funny because people out there do that. And those people absolutely exist. And my thing, like, I just, why, how, why? Why and how this Bucks Celtics game is coming down to the wire. 6.6 seconds left in the fourth. Bucks lead the Celtics on the road 108 107. I'll tell you what, when I started this episode like 20 minutes ago, Celtics were up like 12. So this has been an epic collapse for the Boston Celtics. And the crazier part, 
that entire fourth quarter, it felt like everything was going Boston's way. Jalen Brown, step back in your face. Peyton Pritchard looked like Dirk Nowitzki from the free throw line. Jason Tatum putting Connaughton on rollerblades and then flushing one down the toilet. Bigger than that turd I took at 9 a.m. this morning. Bang. And now they're about to lose? This series has been gas. I think the winner of this series for sure wins the East, potentially the finals. I mean, Giannis is a free – like. He's standing next to the referee right now. This guy is a freak of nature. Where the hell did he come from? How are you seven feet tall, fucking jacked, and you move like a reindeer, bro? you not a reindeer. You move like Rudolph, brother. How does that happen? Where the fuck did you come from? I played high school football. I bench pressed more than three out of my five offensive linemen. Look at me. I'm the most average looking guy on the planet Earth. This dude is seven feet tall and moves like he's wearing ice skates, except the twist is he skates like Connor McDavid. Where the hell, what cave, dude, what swamp did they pull this guy out of? It's unbelievable. Um, update on the Celtics game. I might just live record this because I don't have shit to talk about Detroit wise. Inbounded it, fouled Connaughton going to the line, shooting two. 5.9 on the clock. The first one is up and it's in for Connaughton. Two point lead now for the Bucks. 5.9 seconds remaining. Mike Budenholzer, you got to feel good about this comeback. I don't know what he said at the eight-minute timeout. <laughs> I don't know where, where they take TV timeouts in the NBA. I'm just fucking around. All right, Connaughton, second shot on the way. Got it. Three-point lead for the Milwaukee Bucks. 5.9 seconds remaining. The Celtics are out of timeouts. The inbound. Right back to Jalen Brown. He dribbles across half court. Here comes the triple, and it's stolen. Drew Holiday steals it, and that's going to be all. The Bucks take the 3-2 series lead. 110-107 Milwaukee wins it in a stunner at the Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. You could suck the air out of that room. No, you couldn't. That was a bad analogy because there's no air in this room to be sucked. This crowd looks depressed. The crowd at TD Garden looks depressed. Five minutes left. The Celtics had a 12-point lead. Everybody was making shots. Everyone was getting open. Every single thing felt like it was going in Boston's direction. Next thing you know, the Celtic or the Bucks at the 11th hour snatch up the lead. Connaughton with a couple free throws to ice it. And TD Garden is stunned. Marcus Smart with a look of disbelief as he was the one. Who surrendered the basketball to Drew Holiday to end things? I can't believe that. Giannis, this guy is a freak of nature. Look at this guy. You know what's fucked up about this? You know what's real messed up about this Boston game? Is this crowd, Giannis had 40 points, 11 rebounds on 16 for 27. That's fucked up. You know what's just horrible about this? Is this Boston crowd, it looks like you just killed 18 and a half thousand people's parents. Right, It looks like you went door-to-door to to every citizen of Boston and slashed their parents' throats, not to be dark. And I'd still trade being a Detroit fan for what they're feeling. I want to get my heart ripped out of my chest. When's the last time you've had your heart ripped out of your chest not due to a girl you liked? I I want my heart to be ripped out of my chest revolving around a game one time, and Catan doesn't count. I trade places with all these Boston fans like that, dude. I just want to have the, I want to have the taste of victory on the tip of my tongue and then have a guy like Giannis snatch it away from me. That sounds awesome. Instead of me, my fucking despair, my snatch from the jaws of victory is, oh, you thought you were going to have the third pick in the draft and you have the fourth. 
that's what I, that's what we get excited about. It's fucked up. Anyways, 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 let me get back to the Tigers. So like I was saying, plenty of people on the internet who love doing the negative thing. I don't, I don't understand it. Like, yes, I, I, I like talking about Detroit sports. I like fucking, for the most part, I like watching Detroit sports. <laughs> I like following him. I like talking about him, but I don't want to, and I will address it. I have addressed the Tigers being awful, but I don't want to come on here once a week and tell you how bad the Tigers are. Like, that's not fun. That's not, is that entertaining? Like everybody sucks too. What if, what am I going to say? They're one player away. If Miguel could just turn it on, if Torkelson could just see the ball a little, it's not, it's every single player on the team. If here's my analysis on the season, if anybody on the Tigers could hit the ball, they'd maybe not be the second worst team in baseball. And that's it. And that's been the theme for the entire season, all 31 games. What else is there to say? Honestly. And I don't want to come on once a week and go, yeah, well, if fucking one guy could hit at a T-ball level, maybe they'd win a couple games. That's not fun. I don't care. You know that. I know that. If you're listening to this podcast and you're interested in me hearing or interested in hearing me talk about the Tigers to begin with, you probably already know that the Tigers are a flaccid fucking hot dog stuffed inside of a whoopee cushion of a baseball team. You already know that. You don't need me to come on and tell you Torkelson stinks, Scope stinks, Badu stinks, Candelario stinks, Barnhart stinks, Haas stinks, Miggy stinks. You don't need me to do that. I don't want to do that. That sucks, dude. I get angry. I get sweaty. I get depressed. I go and I look. I went to an Angels game yesterday. They threw a no-hitter, bro. They threw a no-hitter, won 12-0, and Trout hit two bombs. And then I come on here, and all I have to say about the Tigers is that they're the worst. Like, what's fun about that? Nothing. I don't want to talk about it. You don't want to hear it. Okay. We'll take a quick break. Done with the Tigers because, like I just got done saying, it makes me angry. Um, nothing nothing on the Lions this week. If you want to talk some Lions, you want to listen to some Lions, listen to last week's episode. Spent a good half hour talking about the draft, talking about the season, the front office, all that good stuff. So we'll skip over the Lions today. Nothing really in Pistons world. Um, the draft lottery still is yet to happen. No news. I mean, it's the thick of the NBA playoffs. So when you're a Detroit fan and it's the NBA playoffs time, unless you were alive during the 80s, that doesn't really have shit to do with you. So here we are waiting for time to pass when the Pistons are, are as far as the Pistons go. The Red Wings lost or at least didn't win, I should say, the draft lottery last night. They'll be picking ninth, I believe it was. Um, I don't I don't think they moved back, but when I checked Tankathon yesterday, it said we had the eighth best odds, but I think we're picking ninth. So, you know, same old, same old as far as the Red Wings go. Zero draft lottery luck. Shane Wright will not be a Detroit Red Wing. Gary Bettman is, in fact, an idiot. Well, we'll spend the last couple minutes on the wings. And then we'll take a break and we'll talk the Michigan State, Michigan Peach Bowl rings. Um, if you're Gary Bettman, now, if it was up to me, no draft lottery would be rigged. Do I believe that they're not rigged? Fuck no. What? You don't think the NHL draft? You think it's random that the Chicago Blackhawks got Kane and Taze? You think it's random Austin Matthews went to Toronto? You think it's random the Oilers had 50 first overall picks in a row? You think any of that's random? You think, oh, that's crazy that Montreal got the first pick this year. That's wild. 
a massive market team, an original six team that hasn't been good for a while that could use a guy like Shane Wright. That's crazy that they got him. That's crazy they got the first. The New York Rangers, that's wild. They were awarded Lafreniere a couple years ago. Yes, Lucas Raymond's worked out better than Lafreniere, and thank God he has. But at the time, oh, that's crazy. New York, bigger city, original six team. Again, also haven't been that great. Haven't won a cup in a long time. Oh, that's so wild. That's so fucking skill. Oh, whoa. Would you look at like, you're telling me you don't think it's rigged. My ass, dude. My ass. NBA the same way. You don't think they looked at Detroit and Cade last year and were like, Detroit, when it's right, is a good market. It's a legendary franchise. They haven't been really good, really relevant since the 2000s. Let's give him Cade Cunningham. He's a franchise guy. Yep. That's on me. Got interrupted. Somebody knocked on my door. They actually dropped off a package. So kind of, you know, a little bit of a trade-off. I got a package, but they interrupted me when I was in a nice flow of things. Sorry about that, right? Perks of not working for Dave Portnoy in Barstool Sports yet, but we'll get there. We'll have the nice studio. Won't have Amazon Prime guys knocking on my fucking door when I'm ranting about Cade Cunningham soon enough. Anyways, as I was saying, you don't think the NBA a little bit when the Stones got Cade was, they were like, let's like fucking bring back Detroit a little bit. Like, let's throw the Pistons a bone. It's better when the Pistons are good. You don't, you really don't think that happened? Come on, come on. I wish none of it was rigged. I wish there was a way to know, but there isn't a way to know because they don't show you the ping pong balls. Um, And so for that reason, I definitely think it's rigged. With that said, how have the Detroit Red Wings, like I get the Red Wings are the cream of the crop of the NHL. I understand for 25 years, we were the single most dominant force in the league. I get it. Um, I understand everybody hates us unless you're a Red Wings fan. I understand that. I get it. I appreciate that. I'm happy about that because nobody likes you unless they kick your ass every time they play you. But it's been seven years. It's been eight years. How many draft lotteries have we been in now? And we've never moved up one time, not even a spot. I'm not asking you to go from eight to one every single year. I'm not asking you to go from three to one every single year, but it'd be nice if when we had the first overall pick not dropping to fourth, it'd be nice if we have the eighth overall slot moving up to pick like fifth. That'd be nice one time to accelerate the rebuild by like 2%. That'd be once, once. And yes, the jump, we had a 6% chance at jumping up to number one and grabbing Shane Wright, which would have very much so helped the team, a center, which is exactly what Detroit needs. A guy like Shane Wright, who's, you know, I don't think quite McDavid level, but like, I think everybody kind of says, you know, he's going to come in and just be a very good hockey player almost instantly. Could use that for sure. Had like a hundred something points in 70 games. Yep. I'd use, yeah, we, that'd be fine in the winged wheel. Don't move up. If it is rigged and you're Gary Bettman, why have the Detroit Red Wings never caught a bone? Why have you never given the Red Wings anything? Let's think about this. And I'm biased. Obviously, I'm biased. But I'm going to try to remove bias. Look at the Detroit Red Wings. Original six franchise. Boom. Right off the rip, that means more than everyone else who isn't an original six franchise. Two, you know that when it's right in Detroit, it's fucking right in Detroit. The place is called Hockey Town. 
for God's sakes. How many nights in a row was Joe Louis Arena sold out? I remember watching those games with my dad and Ken Daniels going, the 192nd straight sellout at the Joe. Like multiple seasons worth of sellouts at the Joe. Every single time they play, sold out. How many national broadcasts were there? Every time the Red Wings go, when the Red Wings go to Arizona, when the Red Wings come out to Anaheim, when the Red Wings play in LA, when the Red Wings play in Dallas, when the Red Wings play in Tampa, anywhere, pretty much anywhere that isn't, I don't even know. It feels like it's just anywhere. Anytime the Red Wings play a road game, Red Wings score goal, you can hear, yeah, you can hear fans. More so the smaller markets, like when it is in Florida, when they are in Texas, when they are in Anaheim. When they are in those places, it's like a 50-50 Red Wings crowd. But even when they play in Toronto, even when it is in Boston, even when they are in Chicago, there's plenty of Red Wings fans every single city the Red Wings roll up to. It has outside of the Leafs, maybe the Habs, maybe the Blackhawks, maybe the Rangers, maybe Boston. Outside of those, it's the biggest market in the league. It's a top, what, six market, seven market in the NHL. I think it's probably higher. I think it's probably Montreal, or I think it's probably Toronto, maybe Chicago, maybe New York, and then Detroit. Honestly, at least as far as Red Wings fans. Uh, if you're going by populations of cities, then no. But if you go by Red Wings fans, watch the Red Wings play the Arizona Coyotes. There's 10,000 Red Wings fans there. Watch the Red Wings play in Anaheim. Half the fucking arena is Red Wings people. Don't tell me. They put these Red Wings teams, these Red Wings teams that are constantly finishing in the lottery, these teams are playing on national broadcasts like 10 times a year. These good-for-nothing garbage, hopefully we get the number one pick teams, are still making their way onto Hockey Night in Canada, onto ESPN 10 times a year. For what? And over those seven, eight years where we're just begging for a number one pick, begging for that guy to come in and just flip the switch and turn it on. Over all those years, you can't move us up once. You can't throw us one bone, Gary Bettman. Like, make that make financial sense. Because you can't convince me that the playoffs would have more viewers or would, wouldn't would have more viewers if the Red Wings were there. You can't tell me that there wouldn't be more hype around whatever series they were in if it was the Red Wings for any team outside of Toronto. You can't tell me. Imagine it was Toronto, Detroit instead of Toronto, Tampa. That'd be the biggest series the NHL's seen in 20 years. Imagine. Imagine that. Imagine it was Red Wings, Tampa. That'd be a huge series. Like, they sell tickets. They make money. Asses go in the seats. People care about the Detroit Red Wings. It's an international brand. And you haven't thrown them one bone when Edmonton's getting 500 first overall picks in a row. When Austin Matthews is gifted to the Toronto Maple Leafs, when Kirby Doc, the Blackhawks move up 10 spots to take him. Like, come on, come on, dude. Don't tell me that shit because I don't believe it. And I just don't understand it. It's funny because this take is very much like, hey, Gary Bettman, give the Red Wings a handout, please. But yeah, though. Yeah. Everyone else gets a handout. I want one too, dude. It's like when your parents buy ice cream. If I buy you ice cream, I got to buy your siblings ice cream. Yes. That's the fucking point. Let us all eat. Everybody's happier when they have ice cream. Who says just one person needs to get ice cream or nobody gets it? Fuck that. Let's all get ice cream. Everybody's happy. Why not? Why not? Get yourself a cone too, Gary. Makes me sick. I don't understand it because I will, I do, and I will forever believe that this shit's rigged. 
And how do you go this entire time frame of Red Wings hockey and not and not put them in not not one time put them in a position where it's like all right this will juice the rebuild. All right, Shane Shane Wright's a guy who's gonna who's gonna instantly make the Red Wings better, instantly instantly make them a more sellable product, and instantly put more asses in the seats, draw more eyes to the Red Wings. You know that's a fact. Can't throw one fucking bone. Couldn't have done it last year or the year before that or the year before that or the year before that or the year before that. Not once. I just don't understand. Meanwhile, Toronto, here you go. Montreal, here you go. Ottawa, here you go. Detroit can't get one. One of your biggest markets, biggest brands can't get one. I just don't get it. Okay, we'll take a quick break. That said, you know, and Stevie we trust. We'll see. I'm sure they'll get a fine player at nine overall. It's just frustrating. It's just frustrating, especially – Again, I don't want to do the, like, feel bad for me, give us handouts, but, like, Detroit, every team stinks. They've been bad for eight years, yada, yada, yada. Who gives a fuck? Quick break. We'll talk about the Michigan State Peach Bowl rings. Um, And I want to talk about Braylon Edwards and just the general take and the general thought of, like, why is Michigan State so obsessed with Michigan? And also the it's so little brother to do that. I, I just don't understand it. So we'll talk about it after the break. Okay, the enigma that is little brother. And I apologize, like I said earlier, this is like a week late. It sucks. I don't have enough material because all these teams are out of season and the Tigers fucking blow. I don't have enough material to do the two episodes a week. But then like this Peach Bowl thing happens the day after I record last week and now I got to wait a full week and now it's kind of out of the new cycle. I don't know. It sucks that way. I made a TikTok on it. So if you don't follow me on TikTok, follow me there, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. I made like the 60 second quick reaction to it. Um, but I had to address it on here. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> are you fucking joking? Half my following, half the reason I have any clout, if that's what you want to call it on TikTok, is because of my Michigan State lineage and how much I love MSU football and talking about it. So of course I got to talk about it on here. Michigan State. Last week gets their Peach Bowl rings in. Um, yes, they beat Pitt eleven and two. They, you know, shit ton of diamonds on it. It's sparkly, it's shiny, it looks sweet. And on one of the sides, it says 37-33. Keep chopping. And there's one of the little axes on it. Now, for a little background, they give the axes out to the players. Every time you beat Michigan, you get an axe. Darian Harris, one of the coaches, he's got a necklace of them. And that thing's loaded because guess what? He's beaten Michigan quite a few times, both as a player and as a coach. I love him. I love the axe things. I want some of my own. Unfortunately, I've burned up all of my eligibility. And two, not that I couldn't take Peyton Thorne's job. It's rather I I choose not to. I I choose to keep my shoulder in good shape. I don't want to throw it out now that I'm getting up there in age and all that good stuff. So they put 37-33, the Michigan score, obviously, on the side of their rings. And, of course, they post them to Twitter. Everybody loses their mind. It's friendly fire. There's Michigan State fans going, this is lame. Of course, there's Michigan fans going, that is so little brother. Ha, ha, ha. That's, imagine your pit Peach Bowl rings having the Michigan score on it. Michigan State is so obsessed with Michigan. Even in their Peach Bowl rings, they can't stop thinking about Michigan. Oh, my God, little brother, little brother. Okay. First things first, I want to address, I understand the people that are like, that's lame. I understand it. 
I get where you're coming from. It's a peach bowl ring. It's for the game you played against Pitt. Why is the Michigan score on there? I understand. I get it. That makes complete sense. I understand that. I understand like the confusion or like the, that's, you know, why, why would you do that? That's weird. Um, I like, I, I do, I really do. But at a certain point, like it is the peach bowl ring at a certain point when you're celebrating the 11 and two, it kind of becomes a, or not a Super Bowl. It kind of becomes a season ring, like commemorating the 2021 MSU Spartans. Like when the Super Bowl, when Tom Brady gets his Super Bowl rings, those games, like they're not just about that one game. They're about that whole season leading up to that Super Bowl. So in my mind, when you get these rings and you only get them when you win New Year's New Year's Six Bowls, which I think is maybe why some Michigan fans were confused. That hasn't happened for a lot of them since their dads were in college. So I get it. But that usually that happens in college when you win the New Year Six of BCS Bowl. I think like it just becomes a thing where it's like, all right, this is just, you know, the season, the ring for the 2021 season. Once you get it, it's not, oh, just Pitt. You want to remember that Northwestern game with Kenneth Walker. You want to remember the Penn State game in the snow. You want to remember, of course, that Michigan game. It was one of the best games of the entire college football season. It was one of the best games in the history of that rivalry. The game was nuts, dude. The game was fucking insane. Of course you want to remember that, and it's your arch rival. I think it becomes about the season. And then you could say, okay, so why the Michigan score? Not Why not one of the other scores? Why not the Purdue score or the Ohio State score? It's Michigan. It's your arch rival. You take more pride in beating them, of course. The thing, the thing that drives me nuts about this, because like I said, I get it. I get the, like, that's weird. It's for the pit. I get it. I do think it kind of becomes a season ring. And people are like, is it a season ring? Then why is it the Peach Bowl ring? Dude, because you don't get – rings given to you because you played a football season. You get rings given to you if you win the Peach Bowl, if you win the Rose Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the uh, Fiesta Bowl, etc. That's when you get the rings, bro. You don't just get them for completing a fucking season. Michigan again. You should know that. Here's my issue is when everybody gives it the that's so little brother. That's so pathetic. Their Peach Bowl rings, they put Michigan's game on there. They're 11 and two season and they have the Michigan score on there. Like they're so obsessed with Michigan. <laughs> okay. In Michigan's defense. Yes. The game didn't ultimately ended up mattering. You beat Ohio state. You won the big 10 best season you've had in 20 years. And you still didn't beat Michigan state. How funny is that? <laughs> best season you've had since what? 2000. One, 2004, something like that. And you still didn't beat Michigan State. Ouch, that's got to sting at night. As much as you say it doesn't, all the people that were leaving those comments, all the people dropping the little brother, all the people, I'm sleeping just fine knowing we won the Big Ten. Are you sleeping just fine if you just went out of your way to make a comment or to shit talk the rings that don't bother you? Do they really not bother you if you're taking the time out of your day to talk about them? Do they really not bother you? Are you sure about that? Because I don't believe you. And I don't think you believe you. I think for like 95% of Michigan fans, as awesome as this season was, and more like all the power to Michigan fans, the season was fucking electric. You won the Big Ten. You beat Ohio State. As great as the season was, I think a lot of Michigan fans are still like, that 
sucks that the one loss is to Michigan State. You would rather lose to pretty much anyone else on the schedule outside of Ohio State. And that's a fact. So when people go, oh, it doesn't bother me. I slept just fine going 12-1 and with the Big Ten. Did you, though? Because it seems like it's bothering you if you're talking about it. Braylon Edwards. Braylon Edwards. When you're talking about why is Michigan State so obsessed with Michigan, they need to figure out their own program. Does it really not bother you? Because you seem super bothered. Every single clip I've seen of Braylon Edwards, not only talking about the rings, talking about anything MSU, you seem so bothered, bro. You seem angry. You look like how I feel when I talk about the Tigers being the worst team in baseball. That's how you look when you talk about MSU, but the words come out of your mouth are, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I admit it, dude. The Tigers bother me. The Tigers fucking piss me off. But when you you give the body language and you sound like I do, but then you say they don't bother me, it's okay. It's okay. Look, Michigan bothers me. I don't like Michigan football. I would prefer if they lost every single game they played from today until the day I die. I would prefer that. They're going to win games. They're probably going to win more Big Tens. They're probably going to beat Michigan State. They're probably going to win beat Ohio State. Yeah, okay, fine. And when they do, I'll give them credit and we'll talk about it. Like I've said, great season. You beat Ohio State, Big Ten. I would trade Michigan State season with yours, Michigan fans. Absolutely. Give me the Big Ten, bro. That's all I care about. But, but, but don't give me the it doesn't bother me when you're talking about it horseshit. Bro, if you're like making jokes about it or doing the whole little brother thing, obviously it kind of bothers you because you felt the need to say something. Obviously it does. That's just a fact. But here's the thing that I really don't understand. I get the, it's weird. Oh, it's a little corny, the Michigan thing. Sure, fine. Maybe it is a little bit. But isn't that the entire point of rivalries? Like, I don't see anybody say this on the internet. And there were even Michigan State fans who were like, ah, oh, it's kind of corny we put the Michigan State score on there. Like, each school, each fan base wants to pretend so hard that they don't care about the other, when in reality, that's all they care about. Like, Michigan fans want to act so hard like, oh, dude, we, Michigan State? They're like barely even our rival. Like, we don't think about them. Who cares? Michigan State fans want to act like, oh, yep, the Michigan. What else is new when all either of us care about is kicking the other one's ass. I don't get why nobody wants to admit it. I want to beat Michigan. I care a lot about beating Michigan. I feel like that's, that should be said normally out loud. Michigan fans. I think you should probably feel the same way. You should probably hate me. Well, don't hate me because I'm a nice guy, but hate Michigan state. You should want to kick MSU's ass every time you play. And you should say it. Yes, I would like to always beat MSU forever because I hate them. Why Why do you feel the need to go, oh, Michigan State, Indiana, same deal. That when it's, you know, it's not. You're not beefing with Indiana over what they put on their rings. You're not beefing with Indiana over their recruiting class. You're not beefing with Indiana over their new head coach. Like, it's not the same. You do care more about Michigan State, but that's fine. That's the way it should be. That's the entire point of rivalries. So that, that's what I really don't understand about it. Is like everybody's trying to look down on it. Everybody wants to look down on, oh, they put the score from the Michigan game. Michigan State fans too. Oh, that's lame. We put the score of the Michigan game on there. That's fucking lame. Why? 
we get to rub it in their face, bro. <laughs> we got peach bowl rings and someone was like, you know, it'd be funny is if we just put the Michigan score on here just to make them angry because they had the best season they've had since 2004 and they still fucking couldn't beat us because <laughs> Kenneth Walker had five touchdowns. He was the only guy. Listen to this. He was the only guy they had to stop. They were up 30 to 14 and they still couldn't beat us in their best season in 17 years. <laughs> that's why you put them on the rings because you can show those rings to your Michigan friends. You can send the picture and go, this is funny. And what are they going to say? Oh, we have the big 10. Okay, fine. That's hilarious that we beat you still. And it is, it is hilarious that in your best season since 04, you still didn't beat MSU. That's why you put on the rings bragging rights, bro. Bragging rights, talking shit, making fun of Michigan people, making fun of Michigan football, reminding them that yet again, hey, remember when you, we beat you behind Kenneth Walker's Heisman performance? That's the, that is why rivalries exist. I don't give a fuck about that Indiana game. I don't really care about when we beat Penn State. I don't care about when we beat Northwestern. I don't care about when we beat Miami. I don't care. I barely care. I mean, yeah, it was cool to win the the Peach Bowl. I barely care about when we beat Pitt. You know what I do care about? The fact that we beat Michigan. And you know what's hilarious? It's reminding Michigan people that we beat them. That's the entire point of rivalries. Michigan fans on the flip side. How many times have you run out the 42-27 Ohio State when Ohio State hits you with the Oh, first time Michigan's beaten us in a decade and they all high and mighty 42-27. How good does that feel? I know you feel good. I know every Michigan fan out there, the first time they got to hit an Ohio State person with a 42-27 was like, fuck yes, dude. Fuck, it's better than sex. Fuck yeah. I know you were feeling that way. I know each and every one of you has rewatched the YouTube of that game like 20 times. And I don't blame you, bro. I don't blame. I know every Ohio State friend you have every once in a while just gets a text like, dude, remember when Hassan Haskins just fucking bodied you guys? <laughs> I know you're all doing it. And guess what? I don't blame you. I actually commend you. I applaud you because that is why Michigan, Ohio State is fun. That's why Michigan, Michigan State is fun because everybody affiliated with the rivalry in that game cares way more about it than any other game on the schedule. That's just a fact. So when we're sitting in the middle of May and there's not much going on other than the Tigers getting their teeth kicked in, and I'm a Michigan State fan, and I get a ring, a nice-ass ring, to commemorate a really special season in year two for Mel Tucker, a season that I truly believe is going to be the start of something special. Yeah, I want to throw on that score from the Michigan game that I'll never forget. Yeah, I want to remind Michigan people, ha, 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 we beat you. Yes, because we won and they didn't. We have bragging rights. They don't. We are ahead. We are we are on top in the rivalry. They aren't. Paulie B, he's with us, not them. That's the entire reason rivalries exist. That's the entire reason rivalries are cool. Like, think about it for one second. If you're a Michigan fan, if you're a Michigan State fan, if you're an Ohio State fan, whatever you are, do you care about when you beat Illinois? Nope. Do you care? You, you're happy that you're, what, 7-0 and or whatever, and you move on to the next game. In six months from that game, do you even think twice about them? Fuck no. Do you think about that Wisconsin game? No. 
You think about Michigan State games. You think about the Michigan game. You think about the Ohio State game. Bragging rights. Those games mean more. You care about those games more. It's why rivalries are awesome, and it's why college football is awesome, because those rivalries are so great. So when people say, oh, that's corny, or why would you do that? You know why we would do it? Because we beat Michigan. I don't like Michigan. I love reminding Michigan that we beat them when we do. So fuck it. Let's throw it on the rings. That's why. And to address the little brother people or Michigan State so obsessed with Michigan, all they care about Braylon Edwards. This is his shtick. Braylon Edwards, more than anybody on the planet, loves this shtick. And I think a lot of Michigan people do. And again, don't understand it. But Braylon Edwards loves the we're their Super Bowl. After Michigan State plays Michigan, they don't care about anything. Michigan State doesn't, they're not concerned with competing on the national level. They just want to beat Michigan. Braylon, um, you do realize Michigan State went to the college football playoff six years before Michigan did, right? Braylon? He's, he said that. Michigan State's not concerned with competing on the national level. Michigan State had the season that Michigan had this year six years ago, Braylon. So what the fuck are you talking about? One. And two, the Michigan State's obsessed with us. Michigan State's obsessed with us. Oh, okay. You're our arch rival. Yeah. We want to beat you. Yeah. We fucking state. We love beating you. We're obsessed with you. Do we really want to beat you every time? Do we put more attention and focus on beating Michigan than any other team on the schedule? Sure. Do I care more about that game than any other? Yep. Am I happier when we win that game more than any other? Yep. Am I sadder when we lose that game more than any other? Yeah. That's the entire fucking point, Braylon. So what I don't get with Michigan fans, and maybe they all don't do this, but the entire Michigan State, oh, we're their Super Bowl. I, I don't under like, is that the is that the diss? Is that what makes it little brother to care about beating your arch rival? You know what I'm saying? Like, is is Michigan State is it little brother of Michigan State to be obsessed with beating Michigan? Like, was it little brother of Michael Jordan to be obsessed with beating the bad boys? But was it little brother of LeBron to be obsessed with beating the Golden State teams? Was it little brother of the Giants to want to beat the Patriots? Is it little brother of the Ravens to want to beat the Steelers more than anybody? Like, I don't really get it. I don't really understand that diss. I don't really understand the, oh, that's so little brother. Like it's little brother to what? Either A, celebrate beating your arch rival by putting the score on the rings or B, put more focus on beating your arch rival than any other team. Which one of those two is little brother? And I'm I'm starting to get to the point with this where it's like, I kind of like little brother. I kind of embrace little brother because guess what? When someone says that's so little brother, I'm like, okay, <laughs> that means we beat you. And that means we celebrate beating you. That sounds awesome. That sounds like what I want my teams to do. I want to be little brother then. If it's little brother, Braylon Edwards, if it's little brother of Michigan state to be obsessed with beating Michigan every single day, then I want to be the littlest brother. I want to be the microscopic brother. I want you to have to pull out a fucking telescope to see us, brother. That's what I want. If that's what that means, if it's little brother to celebrate beating your arch rival, to celebrate beating Michigan, I, I want to be amoeba, brother, dog. 
I want to be viral infection, brother. Like I want to be the teensy, teensy, tiniest brother. If that's what that means. I do. And what's funny about it all is MSU's had so much success recently against Michigan. And it's like Michigan still pulls out the, oh, that's so little. Oh, you celebrated beating us? That's little brother. Why doesn't, like, why does Michigan seemingly take pride in not caring about Michigan State? Now, I don't know if this is true. Like, I'm sure Jim Harbaugh fucking hates MSU. And I'm sure Jim Harbaugh every week of every practice is like, Michigan State, Michigan State, Michigan State. I'm sure Jim Harbaugh puts emphasis on the game because he'd be terrible at his job if he didn't. But why is it that the fan base and the people around the program like want to give the impression, oh, whatever. Oh, it's Michigan State. Oh, we don't care about Michigan State. What? We're a huge rival, dude. Why do you not? You should for sure care. You should for sure really want to beat Michigan State. You should for sure put more attention and focus on Michigan state than you do when you play fucking Maryland, bro. You for sure should. I don't understand. And I never will, honestly, why the Braylon Edwards is of the world, like flex with the fact that Michigan state's obsessed with us. and like, we don't care about them, bro. We beat you more than you beat us. We're obsessed with you. Like that sounds good. You should be more obsessed with us. So you don't lose as much. So Mel Tucker doesn't beat you at the big house as 24 point underdogs. Like, like, are you happy not caring about us and losing those games? I really don't understand. That's the thing. Now the P I, like I said at the beginning, I understand the corny factor. Like I get that line of thinking I do. And for maybe, you know, maybe there is some of that. And I would rather have Michigan season. I would rather have the big 10 in the college football playoff, but don't come at me with the, you're so obsessed. Why are you putting the Michigan score? That's so little brother. It's little brother to celebrate. It's little brother to want to beat Michigan more than anyone else. It's little brother to rub it in your face again, because we can. That's why rivalries exist. It's the entire point of rivalries. It's why Michigan fans were so geeked to beat Ohio state. It's why Michigan fans are geeked when you beat Michigan State. It's the fucking point of rivalries. It's why college football rules. It's why rivalries rule. It's the it, bragging rights, dude. It's bragging rights. I don't think are bragging rights, little brother. So if you win, if you beat your rival, that's little brother. Like I just, I'll never understand it. I never will. Can't wait to see next year's Big Ten championship score on there and the Michigan score on there, and the Ohio State score on there, and the national championship score on there. Oh, can't wait. All right, folks, that's all I got today. Went a little longer than I thought I would. Um, We'll be back on this feed next week. Check out the store. The second string Friday, I'm going to put the new Lions, Jamison Williams, Aiden Hutchinson shirts up. So check that out. Subscribe to the YouTube, the second string, um, Spotify, Apple, wherever. You know the drill. Subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. Rate five stars, six stars if you can. Maybe send a note, bouquet of flowers to the Spotify execs. Ask them, hey, can we get a six star for my buddy Nick? Would be much appreciated. Um, I appreciate all the support, all the listeners, all the messages, everyone who follows on social. I really, the people who message are the actual goats. I get like very positive messages. It's awesome. Makes me feel good. It's nice. It's nice to read. Picks me up sometimes and I'm like, fuck, this isn't growing. And then I get a message. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll keep doing it. Um, And again, Anyone who buys the shirts, check those out. So that's all I got. Appreciate everything. I'll talk to you guys next week.